You're listening to the After The Show Movie Podcast brought to you by ascully.com. And here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome. Yeah, I'm hot. I know you're going to ask me how I am. I'm hot. I I wasn't, no. I was just going to say hello to our listeners and welcome. I didn't really care about what you... You always ask me how I am. (laughs) You're afraid to ask me today because I'm hot. It's hot in here. It's hot. Yeah, it went... Let's take up all our clothes. Yeah, hey, you know what? I'm on board with that at this point. This isn't... There's no video to this, right? I'm going to take my clothes off. Nice. Yes. Well... Funnily enough, I'm not that hot. I know. That's why you decide it's fine if I don't turn on the air conditioner. You see, it's getting warm here where we live. And this room is very warm because it's loaded with computers and monitors. And so I'm thinking in the next week I'm turning on that air conditioner. Are you whispering? I am. It's right, a secret. It's... You won't know it till it happens. What was the before the after the show discussion? Mm, I don't know. We weren't really talking about much. Supper. He was listening to something. I was listening to a snippet from an NPR show that my old roommate from college, she's not old, but she's, we were in college a long time ago. She knows I like Bob's Burgers and Archer, and therefore I like H. John Benjamin, and she emailed me a snippet, and I was listening to that. I'm sure that's really interesting to think Well, about. it is if they're into that. Where can, <laughs> we, where can they find that? Um, on NPR.org, I guess. I don't know which, um, Show it was. I think it's, um, wait, wait, don't tell me. Yeah. yeah. But I just go to NPR and look up H. John Benjamin. He was their guest for the day. All right. So it is the weekend of Saturday, May the 13th. Unlucky for some, but not unlucky for us because on after the How's show. How's it unlucky? Because the 13th. It's not Friday the 13th. It isn't. But yeah. Any. So, so you have people some who are superstitious, <laughs> the number 13 means bad luck. Oh. So, after the show, number 530, we are a movie review podcast, we review movies. This week, we're reviewing one of the biggest, if not the biggest, movie of 2017, Marvel's Black Panther. It's released on Blu-ray, 4K, and digital this upcoming Tuesday, Tuesday, March the 15th. Is that a question? You're the man (laughs) with all the information. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, you can pick it up this upcoming Tuesday, March the 15th. It's rated PG-13, and it's from our friends at Disney and Marvel, who sent us a copy for review. And Sid Talk will give you the synopsis of Black Panther. If they haven't seen it already, I don't need, still don't need to tell them, but it is a superhero. And he has a foe, and he has to battle the foe, and, and battles from within his own world, people, family, culture. I mean, it's the Black Panther. Look it up. Nice, nice, nice. <laughs> I so, warned you, you don't like my synopsises. So we um, first met the Black Panther in Captain America's Civil War. And uh, it did cover him a little bit in that movie. Now that's me, but have you read him in a comic? I have never read Black Panther. Okay. No. I haven't either. I don't read comics. I do but- remember the only thing I really knew about Black Panther was in Spike Lee's movie, Do the Right Thing. You remember that movie? Uh, I never watched it. There's a there's a kid. They they're in a convenience store, and he has a comic with Black Panther, the Black Panther comic in his hand, and he holds the Black Panther comic up, and he says to the shop assistant, I guess, 
Um, if Black Panther, if Black Panther can do it, we can. So that's the only thing I ever knew about Black Panther. I didn't. I thought it was just a made-up character at hmm. that point. So Black Panther is the is it the eighteenth Marvel Cinematic Universe movie? Oh, I have no or idea. Am I off base there? I do not know. But um, you know, we did meet him in Civil War. I thought he was really cool. Very cool in Civil War. It was like one of the best parts of it. We got his whole well, nice whole origin story fully in that one, but like a little glimpse of like why he now is the guy. Yeah. So there might be spoilers in this review. A gazillion people have seen this movie. It made them over a billion dollars. So if you're a Marvel fan, you've seen it. And if you are another person who hasn't seen it, you might not appreciate our spoilers. So we will spoil. So I'm giving you a warning. Oh, we'll spoil. So what did you like about Black Panther? Like about the plot, the Sid talk? The, I think I like the story because it, it doesn't just sort of like talk about some big outside foe, you know, some big bad guy coming from outer space or some other, um, you know, fighting against one other big foe necessarily. You mean typical Marvel stuff? Yeah, well, typical anything. I mean, let's be honest, every every super bad guy or super villain is, you know, usually outward, a crossover, a different... Um, from some other land, so you can like blame that whole. You can be cheering for your whole nation or your whole whatever, and then they're over there. But this is more about intern, like the reality of humankind. I know that sounds really big, but it is true that in a culture you might have a lot of benefits, a lot of good things within the inside of your own little bubble where you've lived and where, you know, generations of your family and people have lived in a place and you have a lot of benefits and privileges or some resource that other people don't have. And all of a sudden you're going to be faced with the truth about humanity, that there's always an asshole who, while you're, what you have is beneficial to everyone, they want it. And they're not just going to tap on the door and go, you know what, can we share? They're just going to try to rip it out of your hands or destroy it. And sometimes that happens from within because people are corruptible. And it's more about that idea. Like, as a human being, do I constantly, constantly use up my entire blood of my life trying to help every other human being that has a problem because I might have one extra penny or one extra pound or one extra piece of so- pair of socks to give somebody or I can sell my house and help 20 homeless people. Do you constantly do that and use up yourself? That's That sounds selfish, but that's the only way I can think to say it. Or do you face the reality that we have our bubble and we try to take care of what's within the bubble and anyone coming from outside of it, you have to balance who to help and who not to. And that's their, that's Wakanda's what, problem. Explain Wakanda. It is a nation in Africa who have for centuries, maybe thousands of years, I think it's been for thousands of years, um, kept to themselves because they have a resource that has changed their entire being as humans, their ability for to create technology and looks like keeping the peace and you know, advancing their own knowledge of their surroundings and how to survive sustainably in their own little world. That could actually help 
possibly save or change like the whole world. And yet they've always known the truth that if someone knows that they have this resource and it's a, it's like a metal or a vibranium, vibranium. Yeah. It's just a, it's an element that came from outer space. And if anyone else wants to reference it, uh, Captain America's shield is made out of it. And also they think that the Guardian of the Galaxy guy's helmet is their technology also. And probably it's sprinkled throughout the Marvel Universe. But this movie is about that. That we just want to keep to ourselves and take care of ourselves. And yet, layer on top of that, we know people are suffering who we can help and we choose not to. Yeah. And it's for a good reason and it's for a bad reason. Good reason is we cannot save everyone or help every single person. And the other reason is because as soon as you let some asshole know what you've got, they they're going to want it and misuse it, use it to harm people or, you know, hijack societies, whatever it is. So I just think that's an interesting thing more than I'm going to blow up the world. We can't let you blow up the world. You know what I mean? Like it's... A, I guess if you boil it down, that's what it is. But I just found it more interesting. And Wakanda, like you said, Wakanda hides away. It actually hides away using its own technology. Yeah. So if you actually live in Africa, you can't see Wakanda. It is invisible. Yeah, I don't and know how that works exactly. It's part of their... Well, it's the same as Wonder Woman's Island. Nobody can see it, right? They so have they a are, border to it, which we saw. But, what you know, if average people come up to that border, I guess they're just told to go away. Like, like I'm just saying, Wonder Woman's... Island is the same. Ships never see it. No one ever knows it's there, but it's huge and it's right there. Right. But it's, you know, it's got a shield around. Maybe that's their technology too. I just think it applies to life that if you start to make, as you get in your life, you find that no matter who you are, and I know that some people truly are at the, do not have, oh, that's period, just don't have and not in their life of their circumstance or where they are, who they are how they are, they don't have what you have. And the older you get, and maybe the more things you accumulate, or, you know, like you make this much more in your paycheck, and so you spend much more on your car when you know that your cousin is over there who can't even afford to take the bus. And, like, do I just give that person enough money to buy their own car? Or do I just keep my own, you know, self going and give them a little a little tiny bit here and there? And then that elevates me to some sort of, like, you know, godlike status because I can actually give and take and their life would be changed or just by my little offering. And that's just on an individual basis. And so I think the being hidden away. Yeah. That they just made now all of a sudden everyone says the world is changing, but it's mostly just changing in the Marvel universe. It's and time to let everybody know who they are. Wakanda itself is really cool. They do like a flyover of it at the beginning when he goes back there. And uh, it is like a futuristic city, but everywhere there is African, you know, tribal things. There are, I noticed one thing that the the people of Wakanda, some people had no shoes, some people had shoes, some people were really, you know, royally dressed, some people were really put, it had every bit of culture from Africa inside Wakanda. To our knowledge. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I think I think they really researched and and did this. Now, I said to you yesterday, I was listening to a review of Black Panther or, or somebody talking about Black Panther, and they said, "Oh yeah, black black movies are getting so good." And I said to you, "It sucks that people say that still, because 
It's just a movie. I wasn't even going to bring it up, but you're bringing it up. No, Therefore, I think it's we're a good perpetuate topic to bring up. Right. So then we perpetuate that discussion. No, I, I think it's a good topic to bring up because yes, this movie is a black cast, um, and there are pri- there are two Caucasians in it, right? I mean, there are some Caucasians. No, I wasn't going to bring up this topic because I think it just I, feeds just, into uh, it. You, you said, you know, I am. You're asking me so. questions. Oh, you don't want to. All right, so I'll just say <laughs> So, I, you know, I'm not saying this on a bad thing. I'm saying on a good thing. That when people say, oh, black movies are getting so good and they talked about Luke Cage and this, we shouldn't think like that. We should really be thinking about, well, you know, this movie actually has the message that I'm trying to, at the end of this thing, Black Panther says, well, it's not, is it Black Panther who says it, that we should all operate as one tribe, not as individual things. It is him, but as the president. Yeah. Or king. King. So that's, you know, that's how we should think about it. Who cares if it's Chinese superheroes or black superheroes or, you know, whatever it is, Icelandic superheroes. Um, the superheroes, aren't they? And we like, you know, Marvel movies cover all kinds of things. And this one, I fit, did you think that this movie, off the topic of race now, feels different to other Marvel movies? Different how? Just structurally. Mm, I don't know what you mean. Like, first act, second act, third act? No, because all movies have that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's the structure. Do you mean, like, the vibe? Yeah. That's like, intangible, but I know what you mean. It just felt different to me, but in a good way. Like it, yes, it did cover things like, you know, tribe, tribes. Like uh, Michael B. Jordan had those, um, like, scat, you know, he said that every time he killed somebody, he, that's a real thing, isn't it? Not that, not that every time somebody kills somebody, they, they engrave those things on them. But those are a tribal thing, aren't they? The, I do not know what enough do you call about. That? I don't know enough about that. The Ara tribal thing. There's a, the, you know, there's a cool guy who has the um, that thing in your lip that they do. Mm-hmm. Like they cover all those things, but it just felt different. Like it, it has a. Um, there's, there are some shocking moments in it. I think, which I, I wouldn't spoil those moments. But the the plot doesn't go exactly where you think it's going to go. Similar to the Last Jedi, right? True. And you know, there's there's a ba- there's bad guys. There's a bit of like, I don't know who's bad, who's good kind of thing. The technology is used in a really good way. Like, there's, there's not... It's not superpowers in this movie, is it? The technology is the superpower. Well, I mean, that's Batman too, but people call him a superhero with superpowers. You know, I'm not, not calling them superheroes. I'm hmm. saying that this movie is not based on people with super strength or any of that kind of thing. It's actually the technology that enables everything. No, he does have super strength when he's Black Panther. He drinks that stuff, and now he's super strong. And he has the ability to heal and all that stuff. Yeah, he so, can yeah. heal. But I didn't think it... Yeah, like, he can't strong. lift up a building or any of that sort of stuff. Oh, he looked pretty strong. I mean, he could well, leap well, okay, really high. They didn't show you any of that. I saw it. They basically just showed him fighting people. Yeah, and throwing people far away and bringing down an entire giant I rhino mean, on his own. He did fight it's pretty a rhino. Tough. He never, <laughs> like, picked a car up or anything like that, did he? You know I what? think the rhino kind of says it all. But yeah, he can jump really far. He, um, there's a good, cool car sequence in the middle. Of yeah, this. and I don't like car chases, but that one was pretty cool. Yeah, it's in um, Korea. So it does take place in Korea, a certain part. It did go around the world a little bit, actually. Yeah. The scene where we first meet Michael B. Jordan's character is in London. And uh, there's Korea, and there's Wakanda, and there's Africa, I guess. The border to Wakanda there. Where else did it go? 
Go anywhere else? America. America. California. Yeah, briefly. Yeah, yeah. So it does move around. Uh, but that car chase sequence in the middle is really imaginative, I thought. It had cool music. And um, it was like a virtual reality car chase in a way. Yeah. Because one, one of the technologies that the Wakandans have is somebody can be sat in a cockpit in Wakanda and driving a vehicle or, or piloting a plane from there, just just remotely, right? And it, and she she's piloting it remotely, so this car chase, Black Panther doesn't have to drive the car, he can just be on top of it, but the car's being controlled remotely, so there's no danger for her back there. I like that stuff, it's really cool. I would like to I would like to have more of that. What about you? Well, not more car chasing, no. But I feel like I got the right amount of technology. No, no more of the technology, I thought. Oh, no, I think it was just right. I think, actually, that's one of the things I love about this movie. It's just balanced to me. You got enough story. You got enough dialogue that's meaningful. You got enough comedy that isn't, like, comedy. It's just humor, and it's it fits just right. It doesn't... It doesn't jump out and be like, oh, God. I mean, I actually enjoyed all of that. I feel like the technology wasn't, like, you know, more than the story. Even though some of the special effects, we still got a little bit of ragdoll action going on occasionally when they're in full Panther outfits. But um, They said, um, the director said that he based the action scenes when they're in the suits, the way they move on the movie Kingsman. Mm. He wanted it to look like Kingsman. Like, uh, kind of odd, a little bit odd. Mm. So, there is that. And when you're watching it... It's it's easy to say that after fact. Well, he, he, that was what he was inspired by, he said. Kingsman and, and the sequel. He liked the way that really... I know, I'm saying it. it's easy to say that after, when well, people say, think, well, it looks a bit weird. Well, I don't think it's, <laughs> looks, it looks... If, if that's what you're going for, it, I, I, it didn't... What look, I mean is, if people complain afterwards, and then you say, oh, but it's supposed to look that way, it's very easy to say that. All right, well. When, in fact, it just kind of looks a little bit off sometimes. I don't mind the fighting parts. The fighting seems really good. It's just the full CGI when everything is CGI almost. That you still got that little bit of old school um, Spider-Man going on. Kind of, you know, like as a rubber doll. I mean, well, not just a little bit. Like like a lot. A lot. But not so much that I was distracted to not be in it. Because that's the line for me. All of a sudden, I'm out. But it's just like, eh, I can deal with it. Because there's so much more stuff to I enjoy. I can always deal with it in Marvel movies, pretty much. Apart from Spider-Man, when he was really crappy. But they got they made him better, didn't they? He used to be really bad, Spider-Man, didn't he? You could barely look at it. Right? Sam Raimi. Oh, Spider-Man. yeah. You could barely watch Spider-Man. Ugh, whenever, yeah. like, it was fine in the Sam Raimi films, whenever he was just, like, on the talking to, I was on the floor... But whenever he went up a building or whatever, you were like, oh, God. You tried to blur your eyeballs. Imagine how that would have aged if you watch it now. I've not watched it for a while, but that's got to look even worse. I mean, if it looked bad at the time. But yeah, the special effects are good in this movie. I did think, um, you know, when his ship was flying around, I did think that looked kind of cruddy compared to what Marvel have done in the past. Occasionally. Like, it looked like it wasn't on the background. So when he's flying over Wakanda at the beginning and it's flying, and I know we don't understand the technology of Wakanda, maybe it's just something to do with the way this ship flies, it looked like two separate things to me. There's a background and there's a ship mm. just joined together. And I was like, well, that shouldn't be the case because look at Guardians of the Galaxy. It doesn't really, it holds up completely. Like, yeah. Maybe it's because they're not in space. They're flying actually <laughs> over Africa. So 
I, I didn't have a problem with the special effects, aside from some of the ragdolly stuff. Um, I really loved one of my favorite things of the whole thing, and I, I hope they, um, you know, elaborate on this, is the those guys in the mountains. Yeah. That whole, there's like different factions of Wakanda, and there's, you know... Tribes. Yeah, ceremonies and rituals going on, like how, how they actually bring a new king in. There's this ritual which involves fighting. And these guys come down from the mountains, and they don't—they don't get they're, well. No, they're not fans of the. Uh, they're disagreeable the king. <laughs> about technology. They don't yeah. like the technology that's going on in the king's, you know, realm. So they go off into the mountains and just live a simpler life. Oh, let's not say that because once you see where they live, they're not simple. They well, just don't like in technology terms. Like they're, they're. I'm not sure. We didn't see much. What they opposed was that the younger sister, the princess, was the gadget lady. And how it was being used. So I'm convinced, because they had really nice buildings and really, I'm convinced they've got their own technology. Because they're sitting on the same resource, aren't they? So they could go get it anytime they want. Yeah, so what I am what I would like to see in like a, well, they're actually doing a Black Panther too, funnily enough. But I would like to see the all the different tribes and how they all operate. Because you get to see Wakanda quite a bit. But you don't get. I really like to see day to day life there, and you know how it works and the class set because there seemed to be a class divide, but we didn't. It wasn't explored, right? I mean, mm. when you saw people walking down the street there. No, I feel like it was more like how you want to live. You get to live that way because of all the technology. That if you want to be the person in the street making baskets and your barefoot or a lady who's over there growing the vegetables and selling them on the market, or if you want to be the snotty kid with the fancy technology that you have that choice that it isn't because you can't achieve. That's how I took it. Right. Because no one, it wasn't like we didn't get to point out the misery or anything. So. And I feel like there's way more of these different factions and tribes that we have not seen yet that have different. They're not in Wakanda, Wakanda, but they might be close to it, like somebody lives across the border. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who don't agree or do yeah. agree or have seen it and, you know, there's got to be people from the surrounding area that did see it sometimes, you know. Um, also, towards the end, you know, when they come to America mm-hmm. and they're showing off technology. Mm-hmm. Don't know if that was the right move. Yeah, no, I don't I think so at all. I was like, no, it still needs to be a secret. Because they decide, like, spoilers, I don't know, I have mentioned spoilers, but um, they decide that they shouldn't keep themselves to themselves and they should help others with the technology. Why not? Like, because he does, they do say um, when a, a character gets shot and then he's all right again, and he says, why the hell am I not dead? And so, well, yeah. here, bullets can be healed, right? So there is a major thing, right? Bullets can be healed overnight even. You'll, you'll be fine the day after. But if you let everybody know you can do that, yeah, not everyone is like, oh, that would be awesome. Can you please share that with us? We would love to save people. Somebody's going to be like, you know what? I want to own this technology so that I can hijack or, um, what's the word, like blackmail an entire nation into, like, we go out and shoot people and then we force them to pay mega bucks to yeah. fix them. So that's the danger there. Which is what a lot of this movie is about. Like, you know, misuse of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do we, we're fine here. We're, we're all happy. That's what I was saying and, before. That's the yeah. whole thing. That's the main reason I liked it so much was it kind of brought out 
a lot of things you don't get with these the Marvel universe. And you could usually. apply that to a you know real life uh, like America. We go well, we've got this technology, mm-hmm. and these things, but let's not share it. <laughs> let's not share these plans for these weapons because somebody know. will use it as a weapon. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it does touch on real world things. It touches on what else does it touch on in real world out of the headlines type of things? Headlines. I guess it touches on. Um, I think that bringing up near the end that we need to be more inclusive and not divisive is a message to, say, our political climate in America, where our current president is quite specific about how he sees the world and has no problem separating people like um, Johnny from, (laughs) like Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai. Yeah. That he'll just say whatever, and it's immediately divisive and immediately insulting, or if not even meant that way, it's it's it puts it out there. And so I think that message was directly pointed at that sort of vibe. That's how it felt anyway. What did you think of what Michael B. Jordan's character said about the ships? Yeah, I mean, I just feel like it fit because his whole objective was right or wrong in his methods that you are benefiting from something that you could help. And he sees people as that black and white, the black. That's the way I took it. He never said it, but he constantly said our kind and our brothers and sisters. And so I took it as that and that he wanted to then bring down everyone who isn't that or on board with the, you know, his kind, as he puts it, taking over the world. Yeah, um, we, we, if you've no idea what we're talking about, Michael B. Jordan's character is a, what would you call him? Um, he's just damaged from, I mean, he's he angry. Wants to be the king, right? Well, he wants, um, he sees the injustice of, so he's raised up in America. So his African-American experience has been that he's been mistreated and he sees people dying in the streets in poverty. And from his point of view, because he had nothing, that it is the fault of everyone else, basically. And now he finds out that people who look like him have the resources to have saved him or fixed him or helped him. And they didn't. And that pisses him off. And so... And he's got a point. I think to a degree. Yeah, to a degree. He's a bit... Maniac. He's horrible. He's, he has marks on his body for every person he murdered. He said he just murdered. He didn't kill people for the cause. No. He, he has just, a point, though, when he says, look, what are these people doing? Just hiding and not helping. I'm a person like them. But right? it's complicated. Yeah, it is. So, But that's what I'm saying. This, this movie, above other Marvel movies, which is why I think it feels different, is it has a lot more going on plot-wise, and you can relate almost everything in it to today. And this will... And even in your own completely separate, completely unconnected, you know, I'm not African-American, I'm extremely Caucasian-looking, I have German, French, and probably Nordic, you know, I have blonde hair, semi-bluish gray eyes, you know, so I'm from that perspective, Midwest, raised middle class. But in my own life, with my own, whatever I've accomplished if you want to call it that, or accumulated in the, the paychecks that I get, I have family members who, when I say something like, I just bought a new camera, give you the look and go, oh, well, I was barely able to buy groceries the other night, but it must be nice. And then you're like, oh, right, so should I 
<laughs> you know, it just, it's the same thing. It's like, sh- what am I supposed to do? Like, and just that is- hand you all my money because whatever, or my ability to do something different to your life. And that's why I feel like it's relevant. Yeah. And it's all on relevant. a human level, like in a, in our society, more than just, you know, bad versus good. Yeah. So I really like the plot that ran through this kind of a, um, I was in it. I was kind of disappointed as I, as you feel the movie ending. I was like, oh, but it's just really good. It's like substantial and I'm, I'm in it. Yeah. It's, um, you know, Marvel are just really killing it, I think, with these movies. Like, when, just when I think, oh, you know, surely the Marvel movies have hit the peak. Like, they're going to go down at some point, right? The next one that comes along, I'm like, holy crap, I enjoyed that one too. Like, it's never like, oh, you know, that one's really. But you would still rank them. Um, <laughs> you know you would. I mean, yes. They're all, they're all in my ranking system. There are <laughs> ones that are, um, ones that I enjoy more than others, but I also enjoy all of them, <laughs> you know? So it wouldn't be like, oh, I don't want to watch Ant-Man again, you know? Yeah. Because Ant-Man was fun too, like, so, you know? Why are you picking on Ant-Man? Because he's little. <laughs> yeah, he's the smallest of the characters. And, and it's Paul Rudd. I was which, just about you know. to think, which... You know, and I have to put one at the bottom of my yeah. uh, Marvel pile. The bottom one would be, and Ang Lee's Hulk doesn't count because it's not part of this universe. Okay. But the other Hulk with, um, you know, Seven Guy. Ed Hare, Ed. Not Seven. Norton. Edward Norton. That one would be at the bottom of yeah, my Yeah, he's pile. not Seven. That's Brad Pitt. Yeah. I, I'm thinking of uh, Fight Club, sorry. So, yeah. But that's both of them, right? Yeah. So... <laughs> So that one would You're be... You're mixing them together. That would be at the bottom of my Hey, wait pile. a minute. Maybe Ed Norton and Brad Pitt are the same person. Spoiler. Because the special if effects in seven. that movie are awful. <laughs> yeah. Like, because that was the... And it was a crappy story, and it was poorly done. I mean, some of the cool stuff was in there, and Ed Norton is cool, but... Yeah. It was the second of the Marvel movies after Iron Man, and Iron Man was so good. I feel like they're trying too hard because they got Ed Norton to be the Hulk. So they were like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, we got Ed Norton. You know what? It, when it, thinking about that one and how it fits into the MCU in a, as a big whole. All these, MCU. Can we just call it what it is? All these, it, well, that's what it's called. Ma- all right. Marvel Cinematic Universe. How it fits into the whole thing. Um, that one actually doesn't feel like part of it to me. You know, Very because, different, yeah. Because the Hulk became a different thing, didn't he? Like, like the Hulk now is kind of more comic booky. Yeah, he's just nothing. That Hulk that they did back there with that second movie, it's like a um it was a very serious take on the Hulk and it was very kind of, it was kind of very violent and very Is it funny how they did that and then it was like, "Whoa, they put the brakes on cuz they're like, "Oh, we did not get the like, oh, you're so awesome, we're going to kiss your ass, Marvel, cuz you're so fantastic." It was more like uh yeah. middle of the road and then they just completely changed it. Now Hulk is um very, he's just like the comic book Hulk now, isn't he? Like in Thor Ragnarok, he's like, yeah, you know, a cartoon. Like he's a big joke. Not, not to say that he's bad. I still like Hulk, but I do feel like Hulk needs his own Marvel movie that is not that Edward Norton one. It's actually a new one, you know. Nah, I'm over the Hulk. Oh, I'm not over the Hulk. Totally. I think um, they should bring back Bill Bixby with his little backpack. He died. Oh, did he? I believe so. Am I killing him off? You usually kill people off before <laughs> they're dead. Yeah. There'll be I many do. times where I'll say, oh, yeah, that guy. And you go, yeah, he died. And I'll be like, yeah, are you sure he died? <laughs> and hear, I me, call hear, me the, hear me typing? I call it the Sid Talk killing off people before it's that time. 
<laughs> and for no reason. But then they'll do the Academy Award thing, or I'll go on, sometimes on CNN, they have people we've lost, and like, what? They died? Yeah, true. That I is had no idea. Also the case. Sometimes you're like, oh. He died November 21st, 1993. All right, so don't bring him back. That would be awkward. <laughs> Zombie Hulk? Yeah. No, no, no disrespect, Mr. Bixby. All right. And, you know, we really don't want to bring up the past because Lou Ferrigno's a dick. So no offense to him because he has hearing loss. It has nothing to do with him acting like a spoiled brat. We've seen him on something. The Apprentice. Yeah. He acted like a spoiled brat. I don't like that. All right, so moving on to the cast of Black Panther. Um, Chadwick Boseman plays Black Panther again for the second time. How do you like Chadwick? He's very cute. <laughs> He's very sexy, and so I'm a little bit... I'm not usually swayed by that. There's something, that voice, and I don't know... I think he's just really commanding. Yeah, it's, you know that African voice that they all do? Yeah. Is that insulting? I don't know. I'm not Africa. I'm you know, not from Africa. Th- you know when we watch other things and we're like, oh, like... I think you only have to be from that group of people to determine if yeah. somebody's... I was hoping it wasn't, but it almost felt like... I feel like they would have done research as well, yeah. but I don't know. I wasn't anyway, there. yeah, any, anybody from Wakanda has an African-style accent. I'm not saying an African accent, because it probably isn't, but... We don't know we're not from there. No, but I mean, I've heard African people speak, but it's it seems like the uh, Hollywood version of an African accent to me. But. And kind of made up a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, they are isolated, and they are they are exposed to the whole world, even though they don't let the world know where they are. So you can imagine they've seen movies and technology from all over the whole world for all of this time. Right. So they're going to have a different influence. The girl who plays um, Black Panther's little sister, Shuri, she's very British, and I yeah. kept hearing the British accent. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, so she didn't keep it up all the time, which I was like, oh, no, don't do that. Um, so, yeah, we we'll, might as well say her next. Letitia Wright plays Shuri, the little, his little sister. She's actually from Humans, if you've ever seen Humans. What else is she from? That's where she was from when I said last week that person in the hoodie is from something. And we She's were from like, the commuter what? that we just watched. Yeah, briefly, like mm-hmm. super briefly. But humans is what we know, we know her from. Um, she's really cool in that. She's like a human who wants to be a robot. Because in the world there are androids, if yeah. you've not heard of or seen humans. Yeah. Like uh, data kind of level androids that are almost indistinguishable from humans. Right. And she's not very happy, so she tries to pretend to be one because they don't feel it. Which is really a cool thing it that is. she pretends to be. I mean, it's it. sad. Yeah. <laughs> Michael B. Jordan, who we last saw in Creed as Apollo Creed's son, uh, plays Eric Killmonger here. How do you like Michael? He was really good. Yeah, I like him a lot. Like, I think he's really commanding. I'm, I'm convinced. Exactly. Both of them, like, there's just, they're committed to what they're saying, and it's not hokey, and it's not like, hmm. I don't know. It's understandable because they give it time. They give you time and with each person. Like, it's kind of long, I think. It felt long. Two hours and 15 minutes. Right. And so you get the time to build up. Now, the Andy Circus character couldn't give a shit and he's fine, but disposable. There's nothing there. And I know he's threatening because he's, like, insane, kind of, but there's nothing to him. So he's interchangeable with anybody else. No offense, Mr. Circus, if you're listening. But these two gentlemen and the ladies, they're just, they, we got time to see their expressions and they really put themselves in there. I mean, he's playing a role that's a bit risky because he's playing both sides of this 
you took what, like, somebody took what I should have had in my life, and also I'm one of you, so I'm going to take what you've got, and he's angry, and he's, I don't know, I just thought he did a good job. I feel like he was really feeling it. Yeah, you know what I really liked about him? How, because he's from America, and they're Wakandans, when he's, like, speaking to them or being really aggressive with them, he's very, like, African-American, like, all of a sudden. And he, he, he what does goes, that mean? He gets Epic. very, like, like a rapper almost, like, very that lyrical. sounds a bit weird to say that, are you saying African-Americans are aggressive? No. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's what it sounds like. Oh, you just twisted it. No. What I was a- actually saying, <laughs> what I was actually saying was, when he, um... Because he's got he's got American slang, for instance, which they don't use, and it comes out, and it makes him feel really American. Kind of, yeah. That's all I thought it was like he's so American and just the difference. That's exactly what, I'm yeah, not, I'm not trying to. No, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm <laughs> not trying to call African American. What were you, what were you saying? I was trying to call African Americans. You said he's really aggressive, and it brings out the African American in him. And I'm just no, like, that is not what I said. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. I said that he. <laughs> He be he, like like a rapper almost. He gets very lyrical when he's like slamming them down. When he first sits on the throne, for instance, he, he realizes, "Hey, I can do what the fuck I want now." Like, so he's like, you know, what we're gonna do first is what was he gonna do first? Mm, give all know. the weapons to everybody, right? Or yeah, give all the technology to everybody. Yeah, like everybody can then defend themselves. But he got really like passionate, and I really like that about him. I think that was. And he's a really good contrast with the Wakandans, who are very, like, noble and royal almost when they speak, right? He's unapologetic about his agenda. Lupita Nyong'o, who we know, uh, she was in 12 Years a Slave, Oscar-nominated. But she was Maz Kanata in Star Wars also. What do you think of her? She's really good. I mean, the three, I will, well, the three women, the three-way mimic, uh, Danai... Guria, who we know is Mich- from Michonne, from Walking Dead. Is she and- British? No. Okay. Uh, See, I, well, I'm not sure. I, I don't. I can't recall her in a speak, like in real life. <laughs> she never been on Talking Dead. She has, but I don't remember how she spoke. So no, I think she was probably American. But uh, and Letitia Wright, who is very British, she plays the sister we mentioned earlier. The three le- three main women there, they're really awesome. Like all three of them, like um. What did they say at the beginning when two turn, when they turn up? There's, there's some Grace Jones-looking women outside. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With spears or something. Yeah. Um, also, think about this. That would have been like 30 years ago, and they don't age. They haven't aged. Uh, no, that They be- do, because they grow up. But, I mean, those ladies... technology? I don't think so, because he's grown up, hasn't he, from a kid. But those ladies didn't age. No, they didn't. Mm, continuity. <laughs> well, no, I'm saying they're something. They're warriors. They are the army, and so maybe they get a little something, something to make yeah. them not get old, so uh, they can serve every king. Daniel Kalula, who we know from Get Out, he was the star of Get Out, the critically acclaimed Get Out that was Oscar nominated. He plays Wakabi. What do you think of him as Wakabi? He was really good because he did that thing where he's the guy who doesn't like the idea of staying hidden and like. Things are just the same, and we need to change it up, and we need to show the world who we are. Progressive. But, and yet, he's friends with the king guy. He's not really progressive, I don't think, but more, I don't know. He just wants to break out of this shell because nothing's changing. And so he likes the idea, I think, of a new new blood coming in. And he's good. Now, that was one movie 
I just don't quite get why everybody loved it so much. Get out. Get out. You don't get, get out. <laughs> okay. I got it. I enjoyed it. But I wasn't like, whoa, that's the most memorable movie I, of the I year. don't understand it at all. It's like a... You don't understand the movie? No, I don't understand why it was so mm. popular. I, 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 it's entertaining, but it's not nowhere, like, it's not an award-winning type movie. It was just like a, you know, a horror movie, a Twilight Zone episode, something like that. Well, it, I, of it. I would rise it above that because, because it was unexpected and interesting. Because it was racially charged, I guess, and very of the moment, it got really... I mean, it was... The, the thing I can say great about Gao is I can't think of anything else like it. Correct. And yeah. that's part of the reason why people would have been like, whoa, yeah. never. Like, like, where did that come from? Right. That's different. But on the whole, as a story, it wasn't super original necessarily. Fact, it's almost hokey. Like, you know, when the big reveal reveals, it's almost hokey to me. Mm-hmm. It gets a bit like, oh. It gets, it falls out of Oscar nominated territory at some point. But it didn't. No. Well, it didn't get an award either, though, did it? The elder statesmen of this movie are Angela Bassett and Forrest Whitaker as Ramonda and Zori. And Angela, like I said, they've given her something because she doesn't age either. No. Forrest did. A we bit. saw Forrest in two. We saw him as a boy, well, as a young man, and we saw him as a Forrest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Forrest Whitaker, I, th- I find him overrated. Oh, controversial. I do. I just don't. I'm not in love with him in any way. In things. I like Ghost Dog quite a lot. Because that's him and that's kind of how he approaches most. Mm. I don't know. What uh, what else is there? Well, no, there was... Um, <sighs> well, you loved him anyway. Yeah. But he was really good in... Oh my god, I can't believe I forgot the name of it. But I'll Shawshank think of it. Shawshank Redemption. Was he in that? I don't think so. <laughs> You're just sticking him in there. Rogue One. <laughs> Rogue One. Well, you know, that was interesting. Yeah. That character was... But, not, but a lot of that was the character. Yeah. Not with, capitalized on and off. It was quite a cool yeah. character. Yeah, I can't actually think what he's been in apart from Ghost Dog. Ghost Dog must be really good because it sticks in my mind, right? I think it was just one of those we never seen anything quite like it. Right. And those always stand out in your mind. And if you don't know what it is, go look it up. Then finally, I, uh, Andy Serkis uh, reprises his role as Ulysses Clow. He was in one of the other Marvel movies for a, was he? Yeah, for a, a little time, mm. um, and then he got locked up or something. But he's back in here, and he's he plays this South African. What do you call him? Like a bad guy? Oh, he's a con man. Like he's a Wendell yeah. Calrissian type, where like, he'll just buy and sell weapons to anybody. Do deals, don't give a shit who gets killed or hurt. Yeah, whatever. like it's actually a real laugh for him. It's funny the whole thing, right? It's. Things Exciting like and funny. Like, <laughs> Not the guy you want in charge of passing weapons around. No, I really liked him in it. It reminded me, um, you know, what's that movie that I really liked? It was the one that came after District 9, but people didn't like it so much, with Jodie Foster in the sky. You remember? Um, in the sky? In space. Uh, she's up above and the world is down below. It's kind of shitty. And uh, my friend, the South African guy I really like from... The Street Nine, isn't it? And, and he plays he's... this really hardcore mercenary guy. And I mm. loved him in it. And he's kind of wacky and he's like out there a bit. Shop- Shopley? Is that his name? Copley. Yeah, Chateau Copley. And Matt Damon is in the movie I'm, I'm referring to, which is right on the tip of my tongue and I can't remember it. God, I don't either. Matt Damon's this like guy in the Babylon, <laughs> something long. 
don't know. I'll but, look it up for you. But this Andy Serkis performance reminded me of Shelter Copley in that movie. It's just this wild, like, you know... Elysium. Elysium, yeah. It reminded me of him in that. And it's like this wild South African mercenary who will just... I don't give a shit about anything apart from making some money. Yeah. And... Even then, I think, we've seen these characters, these mercenaries or these profiteers, con men, and other than maybe the collector, who has kind of a cool place. Yeah. Even in movies where the guy is like an assassin, like in um, Born, you know, um, whatever his name is, like they have so much money given to them, but they don't, they live like shitty. So what's the motivation? What is the motivation for these con men people or these opportunists if all they're doing is taking every opportunity to accumulate wealth and stuff for what? They, they We never see them living well. We never see if there's a larger plan. The I guess they all on. die pretty pretty much into our stories, but still. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is... Well, yeah, for every movie that has a bad guy in it. Some of them die. <laughs> this is directed by Ryan Coogler. He also directed Creed with um, Michael B. Jordan. Which is really good. And a movie called Fruitvale Station. And there's a sequel to Creed coming up, actually. Creed 2. Next year or this year. Um, so what do you think of this director? I was thinking he handled it. I mean, it's it's not got a stamp on it to me. It does have a different... It has a lot of breadth. Breadth, as in width or scope. Girth. <laughs> yeah, girth, if you wish. Um, but it's all, and it's there's a lot. There's a lot going on. And I think it was all handled, like I said, I don't know if he was in the editing room to help with the editing, but that was really good. And the people really brought their, you know, their guts in, I think, when they did a lot of the scenes. So I think he did a good job. But it wasn't like, whoa, stylistically, this guy stands out to me. I don't know enough about filmmaking to know technically um, what parts are him and what parts are his team but even though like he he it is a lot going on in this movie and i say it feels different to other marvel movies in a way it still fits the whole marvel thing it's not like it's been it's, none of these marvel movies none of them all the directors uh, direct them kind of more plain that nobody puts a real weird spin on anything right because i heard kevin smith talking this week and he, and he actually said um i direct episodes of supergirl and I go to Supergirl, and I don't go to Supergirl for you know, and go, okay, everybody, we're doing this in black and white this week, and we're going to make it look like an old 90s Clerks movie. He said, because they know what they're doing, those people at Supergirl. Same here with Marvel. They make a thing, and you as a director, you're not coming in to stamp your director on, on the thing. You're coming in to make their thing with your ideas, right? So I think that's how it works here. Because Kevin mm-hmm. Smith said he would never dream of going in and be create that kind of creative. It's not his thing, right? Right. You I guess. I understand what you're saying, yes. So um, <laughs> I understand completely, Mr. So I Smith. think that that's what all these directors do. And I think possibly that is why Edgar Wright got fired from Marvel. Because he was being too weird for them. Because he was making Ant-Man. And he, Edgar Wright is a director who you can watch and go, that's an Edgar Wright movie, right? It, I mean, it is... Edgar Wright's style is very... Think of Baby Driver. Think of Scott Pilgrim. Think of Shaun of the Dead. You know, he has a style. 
It's a very I don't know that you could show me a movie and I'd say it's him, but I know what you're... If, oh, he's, he does very quick cuts. He has a very specific thing about it. Cuts to the music a lot. So I think when he was making Ant-Man, he was probably going his own route there. I mean, you don't get fired for, you know, from a big Marvel movie right at the end of making it, you know, for no reason. I think it felt too much like an Edgar Wright movie. So I think Ryan Coogler did a good job of making it like a Marvel movie, but also adding a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot more. It's it's intangible. It's not, it's, it's really difficult. It's more dense, this movie, than the others. A lot that? dense. That's what I'm saying. It's got yeah. a lot going on that was handled well. So, and that does take a person in charge who, and it may not have been him, may have been somebody else there, but it seems like he did a good job managing it all. He's a fairly young director, um, but, you know, he was deemed as an up-and-coming director when Creed came out, so, you know. Not anymore. He's been around. Not anymore. He's a Marvel <laughs> man. So, um, extras on this Blu-ray, uh, you get 4K, you get a Blu-ray, and you get a digital copy. You also get some extras. There's a making of... There is a thing that we watched about the... They go through the whole 10 years of Marvel kind of briefly and show you how things connect to each other and what Infinity War will be. Uh, don't over-talk it because it was just... It didn't help me any. But I know what you're saying. They tried. I mean, it helped me quite a bit. I mean, I know quite a bit about Marvel. I've seen these movies uh, more than once. Not me. See, that's the thing. If you're telling me, oh, this and that, and that was mentioned, and this was that, and you might be able to, like, oh, yeah. And well, I'm just like, what are you talking about? Well, there were parts in that where they mentioned some things, and I was like, oh, yeah, that connects to that. You know, I didn't twig on that. So. I barely, I have to watch all the movies again. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, they've been. <laughs> I might do that. They've basically been setting the whole thing up for 10 years for this Infinity War movie, which will be the next Marvel movie we review in a few months, so. Um, yeah, you can see that on there. There's a gag reel, as usual. There's no commentary, um, and there's deleted scenes. So, uh, thanks to Disney and Marvel for providing us with a copy for review. Sid Talk, do you recommend Black Panther? Is it your favorite Marvel movie? Tell I don't us have everything. a favorite, but I think if you want to have a good action-packed evening or afternoon, where you can just actually sit down, put it on the TV, bigger screen, and get your popcorn like I did, and just have a good time, I would highly recommend it. And I also said at the end, I can see why this movie took a billion dollars. Other movies have as well. I'm not sure that they have as quickly, but... Not I'd, as quickly. It is the yeah. record... Well, actually, you know what? It isn't the record anymore, because Infinity War actually sold more. So um, Today? <laughs> no, in, in the past week or so. Mm. So uh, Infinity War is actually the new... So everything Marvel make break a record. Event, like I say, eventually they're going to reach a plateau and they can't break a record anymore, right? I mean, you can't just keep making... You can always break the record, but as far as money goes, we're the ones with the money. So right. we will run out of money eventually yeah. to give them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I highly recommend this movie too, as I would with any Marvel movie. All of them so far I've recommended, I, I would say. We have been brainwashed into the Marvel Universe. But the thing is, they are pretty fun. So next week we're taking a look at Tom Cruise in American Made. We're going to look at that next week. Mr. Thomas Cruise, one of your favorites. Is he? I don't know. <laughs> That's news to me. He's fine. I really like Tom Cruise. He's fine. He's he comes and goes. But a lot of time he's good. Yeah. So uh, movie recommendations. I am going on the theme of this movie. Number one, I'm going to recommend you Creed, which is... Like the continuation of Rocky's story, basically, but with new with a new blood on the scene. It's really awesome. I think. I think it was 
like we've just watched Cobra Kai, and it is a really good continuation of Karate Kid. I think Creed's the same thing, you know? Mm. Um, and my other one is Watchmen. I was thinking, like, of a superhero movie to recommend. And Watchmen is a movie that tackles different issues than most, you know? True. Um, it's, not the, it's not a typical superhero movie. It, it deals with politics. It deals with all kinds of social issues. Um, so Watchmen. You know what I found out this week, which is amazing? HBO, later this year, are making a Watchmen TV show. It's on HBO. Interesting. Um, you know, a big budget Westworld slash Game of Thrones type deal. Now a lot of people are going to go, <gasps> when I say this, but is Watchmen Marvel? It is DC. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, how good you possibly well, not HBO know. are doing a big budget Watchmen series, and I love that movie, so like, any more Watchmen stuff, please. Like, I know the difference between Manet, Monet, and Mondrian, but I don't know who's DC and who's Marvel. So, you, you know... Yeah. I have the limited knowledge in one area. I need to balance it out like Mr. Miyagi would say and have it in the other. So I do. All right. So your recommendations are? My recommendations, we're going to skip out of the movies and we'll go back before television. And we're going all the way back to the old radio shows. Because you know me. I like listening to the old radio shows. And I had a conversation with my mother recently where she said she remembered very fondly. Now, my mother's 76. This was a long time ago. <laughs> like 73 or 4 years ago. That she would sit on her grandfather's lap and he would turn on the radio and she would sit there for the whole time and listen to shows like The Shadow, specifically, which is an old radio timey show. And she was always really scared because she said, oh, we, everybody else had to be quiet. And we would just sit and listen. And, you know, we just had the lamp in the living room and it was just, there was no TV. They didn't have a TV yet. It was early days. And um, that reminded me, like, I get super enjoyment out of them and... People think nowadays entertainment has ideas that, you know, poison people's minds. No, 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 no. It's been going on, I think, since people were able to tell stories thousands, hundreds of thousands of years ago. If you were able to pass on a story, you would exaggerate, make things up, add in a little extra violence, add in whatever. Like, read all the books of all time. You're going to find a lot of it. And in these stories, like The Shadow, it's often about, you know, it's always about murder and poisonings and theft and corruption and you know it's like you know who knows what lurks what evil lurks in the hearts of men the shadow knows right so that's 1950s yeah oh no sorry the shadow was the 1930s and then x minus one is a science fiction show from the middle of the 1950s also we think we've invented ideas about space and going to outer space and aliens and like the human conundrums that come from traveling far and encountering other species and our own weaknesses and biases and racism and all that kind of stuff. No, no, no. It's been going on. Those stories have been told forever that wrap up all kinds of human conditions and including the violence and the weirdness of anything like Twilight Zone or even yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. I mean, you just keep if you keep going back, you're going to keep finding people have always told these stories and listening to them on the radio is awesome because everything is in your mind. So if they describe something to you very briefly, you're filling it in. It's like your mind is alive with like your synapses are all on firing because you're trying to piece it all together and listen at the same time. And so I would recommend X minus one and the shadow. You can go to archive.org. 
it's just free that most of those old timey shows and there's lots of others too. I forgot like Lights Out by um, Arch Obler, which is just like a horror. I thought you show. were um, recommending the movie Lights Out that we watched. N- no, no, I probably wouldn't. But Lights Out was a show on the radio, and it's you know kind of dark and creepy, and it it's horror. It's horror radio, and it can be horror. It can be monsters. It can be weirdness it can be unexplained events that happen and you know it's pre-twilight zone pre-creep show all that stuff so it's got little episodes of just weirdness so those are my recommendations all right i um i've been playing some more god of war i finished god of war and now i'm just playing some more so that's all i've been playing i've been playing (laughs) some more overwatch um i would like to special thing with overwatch at the moment um if you like the character mercy she's the nurse character she's like a healer she doesn't uh, anybody, she just heals. Well, they have a thing with um, the Breast Cancer Association where if you buy, there's a she can wear a pink skin with the pink ribbon on it, just the breast cancer support. You can buy the skin and all the money goes to the breast cancer thing. I've never seen anything like that in a game, really. And you researched it, so you found out they do say that 100% goes to yeah, their... 100%. And- Explain a little bit briefly why that is important to you. My mother died of breast cancer when I was a child, so it always sticks out in my mind as something to support. She unfortunately was of a generation right before breast cancer awareness and all that. It was in the 70s, and so, you know, by the time the 80s and 90s rolled around, we were getting a little more informed. There was no awareness at all, I guess. Because I've had a sister and my cousin and best friend have both had breast cancer, but had surgeries and, ke- and treatment and, you know, been able to survive through it, so. So, um, if you play Overwatch... When you go to the main menu, you'll see the pink Mercy. She'll be stood on the main screen. If you just press on her, you can go and donate some money, and uh, you get the special skin that nobody else will have unless they've donated some money. So you also get a bunch of like player titles and things that come with Overwatch, but they're all pink with the ribbon on them. I so assume you've done this? I have done this. Nice. Um, GPD also did it, I noticed. <laughs> so um, people have been doing it. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they'll make a load of money because, like, a lot of people play Overwatch. I've played it since day one, so... And if you like uh, the, playing the healer character, you can be in a really cool pink outfit. And how much are we talking about a donation? I think like $15. Right. Um, it's not like a dollar or anything. But you get a bunch of stuff, like things in the game, you get a lot of... You know, it's not just this skin. There's like little pictures and little sprays that you can spray on things. But it's all supporting this charity. So, cool thing. Why not have charity things Absolutely. in Absolutely. As long as it's going to where they say it's going to, I'm all for it. Yeah, it's the main breast cancer charity in America, anyway. Like, the biggest one. So, um, also, I just wanted to mention that there's some awesome television at the moment. Legion on FX. Is, I You're just in love, love it. with yeah. it. It's like some hypnotic thing for me every week. It makes I agree. Me, it makes me, like, it's a combination of the visuals, the music, and the actual script you know, Lenny, yesterday when she was talking to him in that interview room, mm-hmm. it's just amazing what's coming out of her mouth. Like, it's like, oh, you don't hear this kind of quality of dialogue on TV always. I agree. Um, and if you don't know what Legion is, it's actually an X-Men show from, you know, it's on FX. It's about the character, the one of the, eventually became one of the X-Men, I guess, called Legion. He also was a baddie in the comics for for a while. But, um... It's the second season. Well, he's volatile. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, some of the, you know, it's about like the the actual powers in this show. Often it takes place inside his head. It's kind of a, a psycho drama. It's a little Twin Peaksy at times, yeah, which is another bit, reason why you love it. Yeah, it gets a bit bizarre. It always has cool music. The music matches the visuals perfectly. There's these little sequences in this season where John Hamm narrates them, and they're kind of little like short films, and they're about human nature. I love those. Every time one comes on, I'm like, oh, you know? It's like the little thing um, at the beginning of... Um, Magnolia. Is it Magnolia? Yes, the yes. coincidences. Yeah, yes. like a little narration, then you're like, hmm. Yeah. Like you never have, thought you of that. It and you're like, oh, yeah. So that's Le- it's Legion. It's in its second season now. You can buy the first season on Blu-ray to catch up, but the second season is about halfway through. It is... It's not for everybody. No, I wouldn't say it's for everybody either. I mean, it's not like a, a standard Marvel... It is a Marvel production, but mm-hmm. it's not like a... Sta- it's very different from everything else Marvel. You won't know what the hell's going on half the time, like me. If you're like me, and I, I feel like the story isn't being told, you know, maybe I need... I don't know what I need, but sometimes I'm like, what? And But I love it. It's not a negative it is just that I'm just like, I wish I knew what you were, what this was <laughs> right this minute so that I could piece it together and appreciate it more. And then I just sort of let it go. And I enjoy, like you said, the, the look of it and the weirdness and the idea that somebody on set was like, we're doing this. And they're like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> like, even though the, it's really out there. The room that they interviewed Lenny in this week. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, there are things in this thing where you're like, Oh, I never even thought of that. But like, she even says, are we? Def- are you defying the laws of gravity up here? <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, um, it's got some... O- I-, I really like the dude who plays Legion. Um, mm-hmm. he- He's grown on me. I didn't like him at first. Yeah, but- he came from that movie that I loved. <laughs> Do you remember that movie? I'm trying to think of its name. The he one- loved it so much. Yeah. The one where he... The guest, is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's all, you know, he originally, if you don't know who he is, he's from Downton Abbey. Like, he was one of the cast of Downton Abbey for years. But um, he is, he, I understand, you know, some people you might say, well, he's kind of irritating, but his character is trying to figure a lot of things out. Yeah. But he's grown in confidence, I think. And the um, Audrey... He's Plaza, calmed down. That's yeah. the thing. Audrey Plaza, who plays Lenny, she is amazing. Like, this week was like, oh, that's like a showcase for her. You Absolutely. Know? So, Legion, it's on FX, uh, season two. And the other thing I wanted to talk about on TV that is also incredible, and Sid Talk doesn't 100%, 100% understand it always, is Westworld. <laughs> yeah. Are we, are we determining that Sid Talk is, like, <laughs> slow or something? Because I sometimes am like, what the fuck is that? What, it, what timeline are we in? No, Westworld I'm, does. But I love it, too. So don't, I'm never, it's not a bad thing. I just get like, oh, my God. Am I not paying enough attention because I'm so mesmerized by everything that I've missed out? What, what oh, was this 10 days ago? Is this 14 <laughs> days from now? What the fuck? Who's I mean, doing there is this? A what lot happened? Of that. Yeah. Um, what I find sometimes, though, is you want to know immediately what, and no. sometimes it pays off later. Yeah, not immediately. I want to know as the story goes to understand what's happening. I don't need a big payoff, and sometimes I don't need a full explanation even at the very end. But as we go and you're telling me the story, 
don't hold back details because you think it's fucking cool and that next week we'll do a little bit and then the next week we'll do we'll we'll confuse them a little bit and then that's not storytelling that's like bait on a hook i don't like that like lost and heroes and all that bullshit where you just you're like oh we've got a good thing here let's just keep stringing them along no i want you to tell me a story encapsulated in every episode and then the story that goes throughout yes it's traditional however it's not a trick (laughs) you're not trying to trick me into thinking it's good because it's so like, oh, I don't get it. It must be really clever. No, it's not clever. This, um, season, But it's a beautiful show. And they're opening it up so much. It's like, it's kind of like becoming this bigger thing. And it's Which a you've always wanted. Yeah, and it's such a different vibe this year as well because um, think of this as like... Jurassic. Does everyone even know what Westworld is? Westworld is a show on HBO. About? A theme park where you can go and live out your fantasies. And in this particular one, you can be in the Wild West. And why can you live out your fantasies? Because the whole theme park is, they're all robots inside there that are... Very human. You can't tell they're robots. Correct. (laughs) So they're all running on a script, and you're in there, and to you, you're, you're really in the Wild West. And the weirdness is, not that we're reviewing it, is that... You can go there and murder as many people as you want, raping, murdering, stealing, being horrible, chopping off heads, hanging people from trees. You can be a horrible person in there feeling like you're really murdering somebody, right? Because you're really murdering that android person, host, robot, because they're human-like, they have blood and they, you know, you don't, you can't tell. They're not like Data where he's a little bit, you know. No, you can't tell. No. (laughs) So you get to live out those, the worst fantasies of humans. And so, as one would expect, artificial intelligence becomes real intelligence and they're pissed off. Yeah, so this second season is like Jurassic Park after the park. It's a lot like humans, let's be honest. Yeah. It's the same story type, but told in a very different way. But the park is not really in operation now. It's more shit has gone down. Yeah. <laughs> and it really has gone down. And but this you week, should just watch it so we don't spoil it for you, but it's pretty this, intense. Yeah, like this week we, you know, opened up and there's yeah. battles and like it's getting big. Like kind of like how Game of Thrones started small and then kind of started getting into the bigger world. Because they got a bigger budget. Bigger bigger budget. Yeah, there's definitely a bigger budget, you can tell. Um, So, yeah, that's Westworld and Legion. We are in the golden age of television, I think. (laughs) Uh, No, that's past. (laughs) Well, the new golden age. I mean, it's entertainment. Because literally, those aren't TV shows. Those I could watch on any device. I don't have to watch them on a television, even if it's on Fox or even if whatever it's on. If it's on YouTube or Netflix or CBS.com or Fox.com, it's not a TV show anymore if the only time I ever watch it is on my tablet in my bed. So it's funny that we keep calling them TV shows because that's mostly where we look at them. But it's a new world. It's a brave new world. We also finished Cobra Kai on YouTube Red. We finished the whole season, 10 episodes. I am in love with that show now. <laughs> I want the next season of the show immediately. Uh, what happened at the end was like, oh, don't tell them, don't spoil. I'm that not telling them, but I'm I'm saying it, it. We're ready. I'm ready for a new season. That's all I can say for that. But I think it was perfectly done. You know, it's kind of like had a lot to say about today's day and age, about how different kids are today, or how well it is set in today. Yeah, or yeah. how undifferent they are actually, but how technology is different and how. 
kids are. It's not the same, you know, but it is the same. It, it tells a lot of stories. There's no way you could have told me after watching Karate Kid and Karate Kid 2 that I would care about Johnny at all. <laughs> but I cared about Johnny more than Daniel. Always in this, I was like, Johnny, you need to, you know. Be better. I want you to figure, be better. I don't yeah. want you to just be the bad guy. Yeah, figure things out for yourself, dude. Like, and you are starting to, I can see you're starting to figure things out, but you're still super inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> and you are, you know, you still, there's still the bully inside you that you're probably not ever going to get rid of properly. Oh, I think we're going to excise that demon. Yeah, maybe. In the next season. So maybe. yeah, that's uh, Cobra Kai. It's on YouTube Red. And uh, the other thing was, you got a new laptop. This, uh, How do you like your new laptop? Do they care about my laptop? <laughs> well, it's always interesting to get a new piece of technology. And this, well, let's just say your laptop that you had. How old is that laptop? About seven years. Is it I like, seven years? I like to hang on to things for a long time. <laughs> you got yeah. like... When as of, so what is this year? 2018. I'm pretty sure I would have got it. Yeah. Probably before I got the car even. Yeah. I would say and so. it's a 2011. You, um, like. It was an Asus gaming machine. Yeah, so I, I could play say, the back Sims. Back in the day. Yeah. Um, Asus made. It was like. We want to make laptops that are like desktops. So they made these big, thick, beefy. Hot. Desktop <laughs> processor with a graphics card. It was so hot. But I've loved it. I've used the shit out of it, and it has been a workhorse. I have put it through. I don't. I'm not nice to my technology, and yet I don't swap it out like you people do with your. Oh, I've got to have this. I got to have that. Nope. I stick with it until either I lose it or I destroy it, <laughs> one way or the other. And it has. It's still going to be a workhorse for me. It just got to where doing things like big images, and even if I try to do some video, the, the fans crank up and it kind of stutters. And it's really heavy and it has no battery anymore. I have to have it plugged in at all times. <laughs> so that to me is like, today I was thinking like, oh, I was working on my new laptop on the counter. I'm drawing a big banner for graduation. And I'm like, I think I'll go sit on the couch for a minute and work on the design. And I was like, oh yeah, but my laptop has to be, <gasps> it doesn't have to be plugged in anymore. I can just pick it up and go. So, so. talks easily, please. If it has a battery, it's happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like it. I mean, so far it's got the low profile keyboard, which I'm not a huge fan of. It doesn't light up on the keyboard, but again, I get more battery life. There's a lot of technological pickiness that I have, but for now it's awesome. And the speaker works. The speakers on the other one didn't work anymore. <laughs> I told you. How did I get, how did I move from flip phone to smartphone? Oh yeah. How did that happen? Only because it broke. And when did that happen? One year ago. Yeah, like a year ago. I had a flip phone up until Valentine's Day of, of 2017. I said to you so When I put many it times. in the car and set it in accidentally, a whole cup full of tea, and it sat there for an hour, I didn't realize. And then I was like, I went to the store and I looked at the flip phones first. Absolutely. Because I was like, uh, I'm just so bad. I drop and I throw and I lose and I sit on and I lay on and whatever. And I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll just get me a smartphone. And I have loved it. I will, st I still love it. It's and an weirdly, you've not actually dropped it in water or anything. Yeah, knock wood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, that is our stuff for this week. What is for dinner? Jimmy John's. There's going to be no cooking in this house. I can assure you. Any heat that's going to be generated will not be from the stove. No. So it'll be Jimmy John's, and the reason is because they're right up the street and I can drive through or have them deliver, but I'll probably drive through. Because you've taken to this nice little trick that I did one time, which is 
loop around to Wendy's and get some French fries and then get the Jimmy John's. And now you're like, yeah, Wendy's French fries, Wendy's French Because we normally have like <laughs> potato chips from there, but like um, French fries are good too for a change. And you don't call them French fries. You call them uh, chips. 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 So yeah. that's what we're having. And my advice? Yeah. Learn, adapt, and move on. I, I think that I am one of those people who, if I make a mistake or mess up something, whatever it is, like I might forget a date or a lunch date with somebody or a, forget to send a card or forget I'm supposed to show up somewhere and that sucks and I'm fully responsible, like, whoa, shit, I totally forgot or I got distracted. Whatever the reason is, I'm t- I totally own it. Fair enough. I screwed up. I made a mistake. If it's something that I can fix... For the future to do better, then I will want to know how that is, what that is, how do I make it so I don't do this again, and then I move the fuck on. I don't drag it out. I don't worry about it. I don't think about it a week later or 10 months later. I don't keep apologizing. I'm very not an apologizer. I won't go, oh my God, I'm so sorry for that thing I did three weeks ago at work. Oh my God, I really did. You know, whatever. I don't do that at all. And I have people all around me who bring up things from months ago, years ago. Well, there was a time when so-and-so forgot to do the whatever on this server. I'm, I work in a data center. Yeah, that was a big deal. And I'm like, and why are we still talking about this? <laughs> like, I don't get it. Or somebody who, I don't know, in life people like to wallow in their mistakes or in somebody else's mistakes and keep bringing it up. I'm just not that person, I guess, unless what you've done is really terrible. So I just think, Live your life. Learn from everything you're doing. You know, notice the consequences or that fallout, even if it's at work. Now, at work, there's different kinds of jobs. My job does not involve, you know, hands-on saving lives or anything. So it's a little bit different. Um, but it just general office people. If you make a mistake at work or you say the wrong thing at home or whatever, as long as you're not trying to be a horrible individual, do what you got to do and then move on. Nice. That's... Uh, well said. Learn, adapt, move on. All right. You can catch our website, sayschooly.com, sidtor.com. You can catch this podcast. Um, well, you can actually catch us on social media as well, Twitter and Facebook. Catch this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store, the RSS feed. Just go to sayschooly.com, click on the word podcast. You can also uh, catch us on your Amazon device. Just say your trigger word and say, play after the movie podcast. On tuning. Not after the movie. <laughs> after the show. <laughs> podcast. On you can tuning. say that and you will not get us. No. That will not be us. I'm sure that exists. You say a word. That's, that's what, what we, we call her around here. <laughs> um, play after the movie. <laughs> play after the show. <laughs> What's podcast. wrong with you? Are you are you two-timing me with some other podcast? I'm Is that the, you're just slipping? I'm doing like Westworld over here. Freudian slip? I bet you are because it's freaking hot in here. So, my um, head is sweaty, my mouse is sweaty, my butt is sweaty, FYI to everyone. Too much. Too TMI, much FYI. <laughs> you can also catch us on YouTube. Uh, you can also email feedback to me at aschoolyaschoolyaschoolyaschool.com. Don't email SIDTOP. You can. And stay I classy, don't. Marvel. Looking forward to the next Marvel movie, which would be uh, Infinity War Avengers. And I'm going to say think for yourself, or someone will probably be doing it for you. 